If you'll take your Bibles and let's turn to the book of Judges, chapter number 18 tonight. Book of Judges, chapter number 18. Last time we saw the idolatry of a man from Mount Ephraim named Micah. We'll see more mention about Micah, but first we see the story transitions to talking about the tribe of Dan. First thing we see in the scripture here, we see the Danites, that's what we're going to call them, the tribe of Dan, the Danites. Uh, they sent spies looking for a place to settle. He said, well, I thought each tribe had places that were given to them to settle. You're right. But they were living in disobedience to the Lord. The tribe of Dan sent five spies out to look for land to take among the people of Israel. Look at verse number 1 and 2 here. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in. For unto that day all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. And the children of Dan sent uh, of their family five men from their coast, men of valor from Zorah and from Estel. Uh, to spy out the land and to search it. And they said unto them, Go search the land, who when they came to Mount Ephraim, to the house of Micah, they lodged there. So the tribe of Dan sent these five spies out to look for land. And it's reiterated here in the first part of verse number 1, what we saw in uh, verse 6 of chapter number 17. There's no, no king. And when, when you have no king, everybody's trying to do what's right in their own eyes. And that's the situation here. Understand that the tribe of Dan had land apportioned to them. Now, it was smaller than uh, smaller in size than some of the other tribes. But uh, for some reason, it appears that they found their own land too hard for them to conquer. I guess you couldn't trust the Lord. You know, sometimes... When we don't trust the Lord for the victory, we can't have the victory. So rather than obey the Lord, they chose to go take some other land. And we saw in Judges 17 uh, that it was a story of compromise and self-willed carnality in the lives of a few individuals. And here in Judges 18, it shows how individual sins made an entire tribe wicked and rebellious against the Lord. So as these Danites wanted an easier land to conquer and make their own, they sent out a search party which came uh, through the land of, to the tribe of Ephraim. That wasn't a very far distance from where they were going. If you look on a biblical map, uh, the, uh, the land of Ephraim was just above where the, the Danites had been originally given land. But this is in the northern part uh, of Ephraim's land where uh, Micah's house was. So they traveled a little bit to get there, but they, that was a, just a short journey really for them. And these Danites, we see, recognized the voice of Micah's Levite and met with him. Look at verse 3 through 6. So when they were by the house of Micah, they knew the voice of the young man, the Levite. And they turned in thither, and said unto him, Who brought thee hither? And what makest thou in this place? And what hast thou here? 
And he said unto them, Thus and thus dealeth Micah with me, and hath hired me, and I am his priest. And they said unto him, Ask counsel, we pray thee, of God, that we may know whether our way which we go shall be prosperous. And the priest said unto them, Go in peace, before the Lord is your way, wherein you go. So, you know, it may be that the spies from the tribe of Dan knew this renegade Levite personally, we're not told. Uh, or they may have just simply recognized uh, the, his accent as being from the southern part of Judah. Uh, this shows how, though, it was a spiritually confused time in Israel. These Danites, who were on a sinful mission to take some other tribe's inheritance, met with a sinful Levite and wanted to know if their mission was going to be successful. You know, ask God if we're going to be successful in this. And then the, the sinful Levite sent the sinning men on their way with the Lord's blessings. How, how, how bad can it get, right? We see these Danites then journeyed on from there to a city named Laish. Now this was a pretty, pretty good jaunt because it goes all the way to the upper part of the nation of Israel. In fact, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, that here in just a minute. But there was a city named Laish, and that's what they decided to use for their expansion. Look at verse number 7. Verse number 7 says, And the five men departed and came to Laish, and saw the people that were therein, how they dwelt careless after the manner of the Zidonians, quiet and secure, and there was no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame in anything. And they were far from the, they were far from the Zidonians and had no business with any man. And they came unto their brethren, to Zorah and Eshtael, and their brethren said unto, unto them, What say ye? And they said, Arise, that we may go up and against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And are ye still? Be not slothful to go, and to enter to possess the land. When ye go, ye shall come unto a people secure, and to a large land, for God hath given it into your hands a place where there is no want of anything that is in the earth. Now, they found this city that was occupied by people who, uh, quote, dwelt careless after the manner of the Zidonians. Now, the Zidonians were one of the heathen groups that the Lord had told Israel to drive out of the land of Canaan. Back in Joshua chapter number 13, verse 4. But look at the description of these people that dwelled in Laish. It's found there, not only there in verse number 7, but also found in verse number 27 and 28. We already read verse 7. Flip over to 27 and 28. Um, it says, And they took the things uh, which uh, Micah had made, and the priests which he, which he had, and came unto Laish, unto a people that were at quiet and secure. And they smote them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Zidon. And they had no business with any man. And it was in the valley that lieth by Bethrob. And they built a city and dwelt therein. Uh, so, uh, so a couple of different things here. Uh, number one, the scripture says they were careless. 
not a good way to live, is it? You know, uh, they were quiet and secure. At least they thought they were for the moment. They had no magistrate to accuse them in any manner, and so they're just living as they please because there's nothing against the law when there is no law, is there? <laughs> I mean, that, uh, they were free from ties and concerns to other people. You know, they, just, they didn't get outside of themselves. They just kept to themselves. And so when they got in trouble, they didn't have anybody they could call on. Hey, y'all come help us. Get out of this. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't have any of that. With them seeing that the land was good, with the Danites seeing the land was good, and that the city was not heavily defended, and the Danites believed that this would be a good city to conquer and take as their own territory. And, and we, we know that they recommended that they go in and do that. Now, it was in the northernmost part of land that belonged actually to the tribe of Naphtali. When you look at the, the divisions of the land, and you, if you, a lot of you have a... a um, uh, map in your Bible, maybe in the back, and it gives you the division. So it's at the very northern part, northern tip of the land that belonged to Naphtali, who obviously had not driven these heathen out. See, they, they weren't obedient to the Lord either. So they haven't dri- driven them out. And so the Danites come and say, well, you know, let's drive them out and we'll take their city. And so these Danites assembled an army of 600 to take possession of Laish, so they could occupy it as their own. Look at verse number 11 through 13 here. Verse number 11. And they went from thence out of the family of the Danites, out of Zorah and out of Eshdael, 600 men appointed with weapons of war. And they went up and pitched in kerjath in Judah, where before they called that place then unto this day, behold, it is behind kerjath um, which means gathered together. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, we, we see, and they, they passed thence unto uh, Mount Ephraim and came unto the house of Micah. So the, the, this, this army comes through, and uh, uh, remember the spies stopped at, along the way at Micah's house. Well, they figured they'd, they'd stop there. Well, they had some business they wanted to attend to. They had some gods to steal. They had, to have a, had a, a Levite priest they wanted to go with them. And so uh, we see, you know, it's, it's odd that they assembled a, an army of 600 men to fight for the city of Laish in the land of another tribe, yet they could not fight for the land of their own tribal allotment. Think about that. Yeah, pretty, pretty sad, isn't it? But we see the 600-man army of the tribe of Dan. They, they, they took the religious uh, Micahs. Micah is religious. He was idolatrous, but he was religious. Took his shrine for themselves. Look at uh, verse number 14. Um, it says, Then answered the, the five men that went to espy out the country of Laish and said unto the, their brethren, do you know that there is in these houses an ephod, a, ter- and a teraphim, and a graven image, and a molten image? Now therefore consider what you have to do. <laughs> and they turned thitherward, and, and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, even unto the house of Micah, and saluted him. And the six hundred men appointed with weapons of war 
which were of the children of Dan, stood by the entering of the gate. Get this now. You know, those spies that had been there previously come in there and uh, they're going to strong arm. We got, got the army out at the gate, but they basically carried on this conversation with, with, that, uh, with those 600 troops out at the gate and with the uh, Levite out there at the gate with them. Look at verse 17. And the five men that went to spy out the land went up, came in thither, and took the graven image and the ephod and the teraphim, and the molten image, and the priest stood in the entering of the gate with the 600 men that were appointed with weapons of war. And these went uh, into Micah's house and fetched the carved image, the ephod, the teraphim, and the molten image. Uh, well, the, the, we see uh, after that, you know, when you think, I want you to think about this for just a minute. They were, they were on their way to Laish, and yet they took time to stop by for the express purpose of taking his shrine for themselves. Now what good, if that, if that God didn't do Micah any good, how was he going to do them any good? Yeah. What good is a God that you can steal? What's good is a God that can be stolen? Um, this was a strange combination of strong religious feeling with low morality. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have any morals. And it would be like someone really wanting to study the Bible, and so they go into a store and steal a Bible so they can study it. Okay? Um, so these Danite spies went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the, the, all of this stuff and the, the molded image and all his household items and, and this, while, while the 600 soldiers are standing out of the gate of Micah's property. They used the threat of violence to steal these items belonging to Micah to supposedly advance a religious cause and the priest allowed him, by standing at the gate, uh, he, he allowed him to do that while, while they were doing it. He stood, stood out there with the army. That kind of reminds me of a news report back uh, in, during the um, uh, Los Angeles riots back in the 1990s. It was a reporter, I remember, coming across three looters leaving a store. Some, some things just kind of leave you a, an impression. And... Um, he asked them what they took, and the first two told him off with profanity. But the third man said, I got some gospel music. I love Jesus. You know, why that sticks with you is because that doesn't make any sense. You know, you know, if you really love Jesus, what are you doing stealing? Um, anyway, so we see, we see them stealing the gods. And we, we see the Levite went with them from the tribe of Dan also. Um, uh, he went with this army from the tribe of, of Dan. Look at uh, verse number 18 again. Look at the latter part. Then said the priest unto them, What do ye? In other words, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and they said unto him, Hold thy peace, lay thine hand upon thy mouth, and go with us, and be to us a father and a priest. It is better for thee to be a priest into the house of one, uh, one man or, or, or that thou be a priest into a tribe and a family in Israel. And the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod and the teraphim, the graven image, and went in the midst of the people. So they turned and departed and put the little ones and the cattle and the carnage before them. So they were basically guarding the backs while they were doing. They were expecting Micah to come. Uh, so 
Here we see they basically commanded the Levite to stop asking questions, and then they began convincing him to leave with them and be their priest instead of Micah's priest. Now, it says his heart was glad. You know why his heart was glad? Because he's probably going to make more money. Amen. I mean, working with one, one guy and one family, or you're going to work for a whole tribe. Uh, there were no idols um, uh, that uh, were worth messing your life up over here. His heart was glad because he figured his gig with Micah was over anyway at this point. If, there, if the idols were gone, he's out, he's out, of, out of work. You have no ephod, no nothing. And maybe he saw an opportunity for a pay increase and more prestige by being the priest for a whole tribe instead of a mere family. Now let's pick up in verse 22 through 24. We see Micah's foolish idolatry comes to nothing. I mean, here he's, you know, he's, he's been involved in idolatry. We saw it last week. We see the idols there. Well, now they've been taken from him. And look at verse 22 through 24. So when they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men that were in the houses near to Micah's house were uh, gathered together and overtook the children of Dan. Um, and they cried unto the children of Dan, and they turned their faces and said unto Micah, What aileth thee that thou comest with such a company? And he said, Ye have taken away my gods, which I made. And how silly is that? You take away my gods, which I made. You take away my gods, which I made, and the, and the priests, and you're gone away. And what have I more? And what is this that you say unto me, what aileth thee? Well, it's some powerful irony here. Micah ran after the Danites to, in, hoping that he could rescue his own gods. Uh, obviously, a real god ought to be able to take care of himself. Don't you wonder if Micah saw the foolishness of this at some point? We each either worship a God of our own making or we worship the one true God who made us. But the gods we make are always less than we are. Idol worship is just another way of worshiping self. And so Micah was foolish enough to have a priest who could be convinced to leave him behind. You know, he hired him. He convinced him to stay with him. And here, uh, foolish enough to have that kind of priest that was really just nothing more than a hireling. He was looking for, uh, uh, what can I get out of this gig? And uh, his gig with Micah was over. And I'm thankful that in Christ we have a great high priest, amen, who cannot change and who can never be taken away from us. F.B. Meyer wrote these words. He said, whatever can be taken from us, has the mark and signature of man upon it. It's the mark and signature of man. Yet we know that Jesus Christ, our great high priest, is unchanging and will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Praise God. And he can't be taken from us or convinced to leave us. Micah's words in verse 24 shows just how empty Micah's idolatry was. <laughs> His false gods didn't bring him any lasting good. And what more do I have? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you took away my gods. What, what, what have I more than that? Now we'll see in verse 25 and 26. 
we see the army of the tribe of Dan refuse to give Micah his gods back. Verse 25, And the children of Dan said unto him, Let not thy voice be heard among us, lest angry fellows run upon thee, and thou lose thy life with the, the lives of thy household. In other words, he's saying, If you don't shut up, we're fixing to kill you. That's, bas- that's basically what they're saying here. You know, And the children of Dan went their way. And when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back unto his house. So uh, they threatened Micah not to say anything further or they would kill him and his household. So Micah went home empty-handed. And this event and these words illustrate the general lawlessness in Israel during the time of the judges. The children of Dan stole Michael's idols simply under the principle of they could do it. <laughs> Might makes right. This was their creed. They were too strong for both Micah and his gods. And one should never, listen, one should never have a God that needs protection. <laughs> Not much of a God if your God needs protection. Uh, then we see verse 27. Uh, through 29, we see the army from the tribe of Dan conquered the city of Laish and renamed it Dan. In fact, that's what it would be named on your Bible map. You look at the northernmost part and you'll see Dan right up right up in that area is where it's at. Um, look, look at uh, verse 27. It says, And they took the things which Micah had made and the priests which he had, and came unto Laish, unto a people that were at quiet and secure, and they smote them with the edge of the sword, and burnt the city with fire. And there was no deliverer, because it was far from Zidon, and they had no business with any man. And it was the, in the valley that lieth by Beth Rehob, and they built a city, and dwelt therein, and they called the name of the city, Dan, after the name of Dan, their father, who was born unto Israel. Howbeit the name of the city was Laish at the first. So um, they, they conquer the city, they rename it, and this is written in a way, actually, that appears to be meant to make us at least a little sympathetic for Laish, the people of Laish. Uh, the people of Israel were instructed to take the land from the Canaanites, but the tribe of Dan wasn't much different than these heathens. They just weren't. They were idolatrous. They were unprincipled. They were wicked. Same as the folks that were there in the city that they conquered. The city of Dan would become the most prominent northern city in Israel. And you'll see this phrase... In Judges 20 and verse number 1, and also is found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 20, the phrase that um, from Dan to Beersheba, that's from the northernmost part of Israel to the southernmost part, and that's what it means from Dan to Beersheba. Um, next we see, and lastly we see, the, the, the tribe of Dan officially adopted the idolatry that began with Micah, like at verse 30 and 31. And the children of Dan set up the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe. We finally are to find out the name of the priest. Okay, his name was Jonathan. 
son of Gershom, and uh, unto the day of the captivity of the land. And they set them up, Micah's graven image, uh, which he had made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. So this was the reestablishment of idolatry in Israel and the promised land. Um, They were supposed to drive out all of the idolaters. (laughs) And now they're becoming idolaters. Through a strange chain of events, this began with just a son stealing 1,100 shekels from his mother that we saw last week in Judges chapter number 17, verse 1 and 2. It ended with an entire tribe of Israel led into the established idolatry. And we can suppose that Micah had no idea how far-reaching the effects of his sin would become because he didn't see it as sin. Micah didn't have any problem with his idolatry. God did, but he didn't have a problem with it. Um, His personal idolatry became the idolatry of an entire tribe setting up a rival center of worship to the house of God that was located in Shiloh at this time. David moved it from Shiloh to, to, to Jerusalem there. Shiloh was the true center of the national life, the house of God. And uh, nevertheless, at Dan, they gathered about the false gods and rendered a worship that was destructive. Now understand that many years later, remember when we studied in the book of 1 Kings, the split during the days of King Rehoboam, the split of the nation. Remember uh, Solomon's son? He came, he wouldn't listen to the wise men. He listened to the, uh, the fellows he grew up with and wound up splitting the kingdom and uh, King Jeroboam took the northern tribes, the northern part, uh, just the two tribes, uh, Benjamin and, and uh, Judah, were in the, stayed in the south, made up the, uh, the Judah. But when, he, when King Jeroboam set up his worship, remember he set up his worship um, because he was afraid that the people in the northern tribes were going to go to Jerusalem to worship. I mean, to you know, go, to, go down south to worship. He didn't want them going down south to worship. He 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 wanted uh, to set up his own centers, and he he set up two golden calves for worship. One was set up in Bethel, in the south, and the other in Dan, in the north. Okay, and you'll find that in First Kings twelve. Verse 28 and 29, if you want to check, check up on it. But it was uh, one, one in Bethel and one in Dan. Dan was already rooted in idolatry. So uh, I guess it wasn't hard to get them to add a new God. Right? You know? Well, just, let's just do this golden calf over here. You know? One, add, add another God. But that's our Bible study for this evening. Next week, Lord willing, it gets worse. <laughs> you, th- you think you've seen strange things already? Well, next, next week we're going to have a, what seems like a little bit of a flashback to Sodom. Yeah. yeah and one, one section of this is going to remind you of Sodom. As some men come to the door and want to have relations with some other men. And so we'll take a look at that. Lord willing, next week in in Judges chapter 19. All right, let's uh, set that aside. We'll kind of, kind of we'll.
take pull back our prayer list and we'll pray for the needs and be dismissed with this prayer.